true and truly weird in every corner across this nation because to paraphrase ray parker jr whether it's ghosts aliens monsters or monstrous humans there's something strange in your neighborhoods i'm aaron sagers i am one half of your hosting team and i am joined by uh brit she's with me again hi guys um, and I think it's worth calling out. Uh, this is early on in this journey. We are we are recording this podcast. This is like our quarantine endeavor, our yes. social distancing podcast. Uh, so during these times of quarantine, of self quarantine, uh, we are hold up. You might hear some things in the background, like traffic, or perhaps construction, Dogs. maybe a dog or two, uh, or Recording this in my Brooklyn apartment. In bed. In bed. I don't don't know. There's construction going on in his kitchen, so we can't be there. The dog is snoring on the couch, so we can't be there. So we're in bed. So there's a part of these podcasts when you overshare. (laughs) And I think that's it. That was was it. It's it's an audio medium. Uh, You know, they don't need to know everything. I mean, why not? Give them, let them have the picture. You know, we're sitting in bed. We got our laptops ready. I'm drinking coffee. Aaron's having Spider-Man some coffee. Bag. Yeah. Um. So okay. Uh. Well, you know, I'm. Uh. We don't need to necessarily go through every time who we are, but let's do it one more time. Uh. Of course, like I'm a paranormal journalist. Uh. Into folklore. Uh. Work in this world quite a bit. Uh, talking about the unexplained paranormal so that's pretty clear why you know like how i got here uh what's uh what's your background and interest in this i have always been interested in true crime and creepy things um in one episode who knows when it will air out but i confess that at 15 years old i got really into dateline and my beloved keith morrison who Aaron does not know, which is quite upsetting to me. Um, but I recognize who he is based on the face. I just, I mean, if we're going to out one another's <laughs> lack of knowledge, I was conducting an interview with Robert England, and you didn't know who Robert England was. So, But I, I know in the scheme of Freddy Krueger. I just didn't know Robert England's name. Yeah, we should watch those levels, man. I'm spiking there. Both of us are spiking. Yeah. That's when it's gonna get all crackly and poppy. Oh. Neither of us are audio engineers on this. So. Hell no, I'm a retail manager. Um, so, anyhow, and also I think the the thing with this is that we are setting out um, shared interests, different backgrounds, but also uh, you know a a woman of thirty and a man of sixty two. Whoops, man, like. The hits keep on coming. Um, and, uh, you know, different kind of, different kind of uh, experience and thought processes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, so, each week, kind of, instead of talking about just, like, a ghost story or a story of UFOs or... Cryptids. Cryptids. We're going to just bounce around the place and each kind of tell a story based on types of locations. So, um, how, where did the idea of parks come in? Because we're going to talk a little bit about parks. We're going to break the rule a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about parks, but where do we settle on that? I don't know where the idea from parks came up. I feel like we were just talking about kind of creepy places or places where creepy things happen that aren't normal. Like, you think of cemeteries. You think of, I don't know. I mean... From the true crime element, a lot of, you know, people are found in parks. True. Um, so there's that. I mean, like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of, uh, you know, mischief and mayhem. Yeah. The preppy murders in, in, in Central Park. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess, you know, there's have been a lot of um, stories of, like, Sasquatch in national parks yep. being spotted. But also... As a gathering place, there it's a place of a lot of activity. A lot of things are happening, which can kind of instill some energy in the spot. Mm -hmm. It also is a place where, I think, for uh, people that find kids occasionally creepy, you know, just the idea of, like, the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. Uh, the kids on swings, phantom swings, merry-go-rounds that are, like, moving on their own, things like that. Yeah. Have you heard of the show Paranormal Caught on Camera? I've, I've occasionally <laughs> seen that, yes. Um, the, that joke, you know, now three episodes in, <laughs> still fresh, I think. I think you should keep making that But joke. in Huntsville, Alabama, there is a park that's near a cemetery where the swings move all the time, and it's yeah. thought that the children that are buried in that cemetery go and ride the swings it's like creepy things like that well just you wait because there are more episodes of paranormal caught on camera uh on which i'm a panelist and you might have some more from, from things like that so uh keep your eyes and ears peeled for that um so okay so parks so but so we said about uh talking about parks but then we both broke the, uh, <laughs> broke the rule the and we're doing we're like mansions mansions near parks. parks yeah have you ever been walked into a location like a big mansion uh or maybe a hotel that used to be a mansion and think like this is just something happened here it's creepy either uh haunted or you just knew somebody had been murdered in that location Ever walk in a, a place like that? I've never walked in a place like that, but if you're setting me up for my story no, today... I, wasn't. I was just oh. asking, like, have you ever walked around <laughs> in, like, like, a building like that? Not knowing that it was 
haunted or like anything. Like a vibe or anything. No, um, the story that I'm telling today that is like we're the, not talking about that. I know, but that's like the only example that I have of getting a vibe around a house. What about you? Oh yeah, I mean, my great aunt, she was a great aunt, um, uh, lived in a fairly large house in Florida with a basement, which was notable in of itself, and it was sort of a a gothic house in Florida, Ooh. which is odd, yeah. Um, and, and she was a lovely woman and a very warm woman. Um, but there was just an element of, of that house that creeped me out. That really just seemed like, especially one spot of the house was right by the basement, um, steps, uh, just really terrified me as a child. Did anything happen there that you know of? Um, not that I know of. Um, although I did talk to my cousin once and he kind of referred to the same thing. Um, so that was a lived in house, but it was a house full of like happy memories, but there was just like that once we, yeah, we would spend every Thanksgiving there. It was a great, great place. Um, but I've been fortunate to walk into like a lot of mansions and houses around the world. And sometimes it's just like nice and lavish or ostentatious, uh, you know, and a bit gaudy other times, you know, but then there's times you walk into a place and you're just like. Something wacky happened. It's just a sense in the air. Yeah. Such as now. Now I'm. Now you're setting me up for my story. Such as the location that you're about to talk about today, which is a place you have visited. Yes. And now, go Brit. So I'm excited to talk about the story because, as Aaron said, I did visit this place last summer. I went to California with a friend, and while they were working, I gave myself a tour of creepy crime scenes in the area because I am that person. Um, So we went to Los Feliz, which is a neighborhood in the Hollywood Hills, Um, and it probably sounds familiar to you because there are a ton of crime scenes in this area. So the place that I'm talking about today is first called the Los Feliz Murder Mansion, so there's that. Um, I brought it up for the park episode because it's about a block away from Griffith Park. Very close. Very close. And a 20-minute block from the Griffith Observatory, which is in the Hollywood Hills and super gorgeous. Close enough that people would be like, hey, there's the Los Feliz murder mansion. Yes. Right by Griffith Park. Yes, exactly. Um, Forcing the theme a little bit, the park theme. (laughs) But in this neighborhood, right around the corner from the murder mansion is the Ennis House, which is where the house on Haunted Hill was filmed. Um, 30 minutes south of this house is the John Snowden House, which is where Aaron wants me to say allegedly... The Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short, was murdered by George Hodel. You gotta say allegedly. Yeah, but he did it. I highly recommend listening to the Root of Evil podcast. Even his kids have come forward saying, like, without a doubt. And if it wasn't Elizabeth Short, then he did hurt a lot of other women in this house. Um, But the Root of Evil podcast is really great. So definitely listen to that. Well, can I I just... Please weigh in always um i mean look even though i don't really do hard news reporting i started out as a journalist i still work as a journalist and facts matter and like and it's important to like until something 
is definitive. really confirmed and definitive, you do say allegedly. I, hell, I say allegedly when it comes to ghost stories and recordings because <laughs> it's, true. it's still not even like, you know, factually pinned down. It's all theories and it's stuff that we think, even if we have a pretty good sense of what's happened. But, you know, and it's a good way to just cover your ass, too, so that way you don't get yourself into trouble. But, true. Um, but, uh, but that said, sorry, not to... Not just uh, sidetracked. <laughs> well, that said, so yes, it's 30 minutes south to the John Snowden house, which is also just really cool architecture. Um, but then 30 minutes east of where this house was that I'm talking about today, the LaBiancas were murdered by the Manson family. Um, so lots of bad stuff so happening. So a lot of really bad stuff happening in this house. So to get started, in 1950, Dr. Harold Perelson... It's such a hard name for me to say. I was in speech therapy until, like, I was way too old for speech therapy. So Harold Perelson is really hard. Um, he bought this Los Feliz murder mansion. It was not a murder mansion at the time. It was the former. <laughs> it was the former home of... Kind of setting you up for yeah, failure. A former home of Frederick Zelnick, a German producer. Um, but... Harold Perelson bought this home for $60,000, which in today's money is $900,000, which like is a lot of money, but also for a home on the Hollywood Hills, like that's not a bad price. And this home was giant. Um, So it had to do family, got it at a bargain, got it at a bargain, a glass conservatory, several master bedrooms, which is a favorite fact of Aaron's. Um, Yeah, because... If it's, they can't all be masters. They can't all be master bedroom. But apparently they can't. Anyhow, they can't. Anyhow. Um, so the family, despite living in this luxurious home, had like no money. They had two lawsuits that had taken a long time that they barely got legal fees back for. Um, they lavished gifts on their daughters and, you know, really made it look like they were rich, but they weren't. They were in huge financial hardship. How many kids? They had three children. Three kids. Three kids. he was a doctor? He was a doctor. Right. Yes. Um, Overextended, broke. Okay. Yes. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. Not a good start. So on December 6th in 1959, Harold came home from his work as a doctor, a heart surgeon. Um, They had their kind of 1950s family life, dinner, TV, um, kind of caught up with the kids, and then everyone went to bed. Harold went upstairs and read Dante's Divine Comedy, some nice light reading before bed. Um, And then the horror begins. So at 5 a.m., Harold got up, went downstairs, took a ball-peen hammer out of his toolbox, went back upstairs, and brutally attacked his wife, who was asleep. Um, He hit her so hard, the bed was soaked in her blood. But she didn't die. She mm. just laid there asphyxiating, which is so horrible to Her think slow, of. Slow, painful Probably her brain's still firing enough to wonder what just happened. Yes. You know. Yeah. Horrible. Um, he then leaves her and goes into his eldest daughter's room. Her name is Judy. She's 18 years old. And he strikes her in the head while she's sleeping. She wakes up because, of course, and starts screaming. And a woman who lives across the way heard 
the scream and said it was like the most animal guttural scream she'd ever heard and it alerted her immediately and she knew it was judy like she could tell from the tone of voice that it was judy right so which is notable too because like in a big house probably lots of land probably spacious uh, uh not land. a ton of land no but still the scream that's echoing enough that it's like carrying yes you know, that, that to me is waking people up across the street Yes. Sorry, go on. Um, so she is screaming to her dad, don't kill me, don't kill me. And her dad tells her to lay still and keep quiet, which is so, it like honestly makes my stomach clench to hear that. Um, waking up to this ruckus, the two youngest children who are now nine and 13 years old, wake up and walk out into the hallway. And the dad turns around and says, go back to bed. It's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm horrible but as he does this judy has the opportunity to get out of bed run down a flight of stairs with this ball peen hammer hole in her skull and run across the street to the neighbor's home um his name is marshall ross in this hubbub of the doctor being distracted by judy the two younger children are now able to run out of the house they run outside as marshall is running into the home to see like what in the world is going on um, he goes upstairs, he sees Harold in his bathroom, and he takes two Nembutals. Um, These are doctor-assisted euthanasia drugs. Um, Judy Garland and I think maybe even Marilyn Monroe passed away from Nembutal. Um, and then he also took a large amount of small white pills that we don't know what they are. And then lays down next to his wife in this disgusting bloody bed and goes to bed. So horrifying. Mm-hmm. So the police came like 15 minutes after Marshall calls. Um, They go upstairs. Uh, Harold is still laying in the bed, shallow breathing with the hammer clutched in his hand. So gross. Um, But on the nightstand, as you probably remember, was Dante's Divine Comedy. And it's open to the page of Canto 1, which says, Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself within a forest dark for the straightforward pathway had been lost. Um, I think that was clearly done on purpose. I think it kind of shows that they were in financial hardship. His life had gone off the rails. He didn't really know what to do and kind of felt like he was saving his family by ridding them of this financial hardship, ridding them of this life. Right, and you've mentioned before that in some cases of patricide, killing the entire family is like saving them from the shame of yes. the, the ruin of the but it's also it's also just like such a cowardly Ugh, i mean so I, cowardly. Granted, there was something that snapped inside this guy but it's also it, it's such a uh a male patriarchy kind of thing to do to be like oh like you know i screwed up and i you know my family is gonna be so broken and in debt that uh the only thing i could do is kill them all I mean, yeah. it's selfish. It's like you're you're not trying to save them from shame. You're trying to, like, uh, kind of like remove. I don't know. What am I trying to say? It's I don't al- know. It's almost like it's an ego play. Yes, it's all ego. It's cowardly, but it's also an ego play. Yes, you're you're trying to save your own ego. Um, well, jokes. So do you do you think that this that the um, you know there are books and stories and verses that supposedly. Uh, even certain music that supposedly drives people insane or makes them snap. Do you think Dante's Inferno in this case 
Was that? Was that the no. thing that made him insane? I, you think that was I like think his, he was insane already. This was and this, yeah, I don't believe that books make people insane. I think people are insane and then attached to books like um the man right. who shot yeah. shat the man who shot John Legend. John, oh my god. The man who shot John Lennon was clutching my favorite book, The Catcher in the Rye. Um Right which I have a framed cover of in my apartment and f- as well as four copies. So what does that say about me? I mean, it sounds a little eccentric, <laughs> but, um, but yes, I mean, yeah, I know like his, I won't say his name. I know who he is. I, I won't say his name, but yeah, his, his, uh, fascination with catcher in the rise certainly has like put a stain on that book. Yeah. Um, but Okay, so go on. So the joke's on Perelson because the kids all survived. Believe it or not, Judy survived. Well, then I would say that's a joke. On well, it's not Perelson. a joke on him, but it's like, fuck you, dude. Like, you don't get to get away with right. this. Um, so the children all survived and they went to live with their mother's sister. They've changed their names. We've not heard from them again, which, good. These Let people just... deserve to live their life and not have us bug them. Um, a year later. Oh, yeah, because you know, if like. Anybody did enough research and found out where they ended up, they they would never have a moment's peace. No, and they deserve peace. They've paid their dues, man. Um, So this is where it starts to get a little bit weird. A year... I think it got weird before then. I think (gasps) he murdering your... That's tragic. That's tragic. This is weird. So the house is sold a year later to a couple who never moves in and use this, like, three story beautiful home in the hollywood hills is a storage facility and like they set up a christmas tree with presents the perelsons were jewish so like there's a lot of rumors that it was theirs but it's not wait so they never lived in the house but they set up a christmas yes yes and there's no you have no information as to why no no one knows why that's not just a storage unit that's like it's odd and they have like spaghettios in the kitchen and there's like an issue of life magazine but everything that's in there was published or produced after the perelsons moved out so it wasn't theirs um, what if they had someone like living in the house like like a squatter no no not like a squatter but like they're like their hidden relative or like oh. someone that they didn't want exposed to the to the public you know? interesting but maybe did i just blow your mind a little bit no i don't think that. it's true so yeah because it makes total <laughs> sense that they, they would just set up a christmas tree and presents in the well house. no so what the thing is is then because it was empty people were trying to break in right. so there was a security alarm on the house there was a woman who at one point went to break into the home and the security alarm went off and scared her she ran out and found she had been bitten by a black widow spider um was hospitalized but when she came home from the hospital she was starting to have trouble with her own security system and it was like going off in the random times. It doesn't and really strike me as I all know, that paranormal but it's a, or odd. It just seems it's like a paranormal podcast, so I'll bring it up. You you got you broke into a house, you got bit by a black widow spider, okay. Uh, and then you suffered <laughs> your home alarm system, home security system started malfunctioning. Stops working. Ooh <laughs> Coincidence? I think Yes, I think 
Um, but okay. Uh, um, but, but although this just lends itself to my my now theory, now I'm an expert on this case, <laughs> that the family, when did the family, uh, other family buy this house? Uh, that I don't have offhand. I don't know. But okay, but this lends. That, uh, I think this it was is, like in the 60s. Lends itself to my theory that these other people bought it. Maybe they had like some sort of a child or relative that they were ashamed of or maybe you think it was was gray gardens was uh oh like that yeah kind of maybe maybe well it wasn't because people broke in and there was never anybody there that they discovered like maybe this woman broke in and she's roaming around and the thing that set off the alarm system was this hidden person in the house and they chased them out okay well i'm gonna end my story so that we're not running on time um, but a current neighbor also feels like there's something non-human lurking in the house and actually covered the peephole to her door because she felt like it was like watching her from across, the from street. across the street. Um, but like I said, I, I agree. There was a weird energy about this house. I walked past it and actually didn't believe that that would even be the road that it was on. Cause it just felt dark. It just felt heavy. Um, but I did go, I took pictures. I will post them on our Instagram nightmerica podcast. Um, but I could not get away fast enough cause it was super creepy. Um, and then I walked over past where the LaBiancas were murdered. So apparently there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, there, there are, uh, um, places that have perhaps bad energy already to begin with. Or maybe even like something about the land that they're even on. There's just something bad about it. And then there's cases, incidents where it seems like when bad things happen on that place, it it it, it, it kind of like scars it. It's like a psychic scar of yeah. like bad energy, bad juju. Um, Isn't there what, a story like that in uh, Prospect Park? Yeah, well, I'm not ready to get to that yet. Oh. Um, I uh, and and there was like. Um, was it Amityville? Yes. Or is that, um, oh no, it was the haunting, uh, the haunting that the, um, uh, the quote from, uh, Shirley Jackson's story is that some houses are born bad. Mm. I love that quote too. I do too. Um, some houses are born bad. So who knows? Maybe there was something. It could, I house, completely so. agree. There was something eerie about that house. Like I didn't even really want to take a picture of it. It just like settled weird to me. Yeah. You know, I got that feeling long, long ago um, when I first went to New Orleans and I saw the La Lorie Mansion. Before before it was popularized... Um, you did it before it was cool. I did it before it was cool. I was like a paranormal <laughs> hipster. Um, no, I was just very young. And um, it was before there was really like the ghost tours talking about that tale before people knew all about it. And even before I knew that story, I walked by it and... I got just this really unsettled vibe about it and later on found out the story of the place and I'm like that is that is odd I, and that's this that's the story of like you know um uh Duffine uh LaLaurie tortured her slaves and then there was you know uh possible like medical um experiments done on slaves and everything it's a really terrible Great. terrible tragic story um
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So yes, I will. I will transition to uh, to my tale, um, which is thank you for trying to give me a segue, which <laughs> I just totally denied. Um, and this is nearby. So as I said, live, I live in Brooklyn. Recording this in Brooklyn. In his bed. In my bed. Um, <laughs> at the moment, uh, and this is in Prospect Park. Now, uh, Prospect Park. A, ra- a rather large park. It's sort mm-hmm. of the Central Park of Brooklyn. It's done by the same designer as Central Park. Um, it's a gorgeous, sprawling area. Well, at one point, um, there was the uh, Villa Litchfield. And the Villa Litchfield was once on its own estate, uh, owned by Edwin Clark Litchfield. This was in 1854, um, before it became part of Prospect Park. Um, and the story with it, is it is quite a lovely building um it was supposedly a place a location of demonic possession before i get too far into it i just want to give a shout out to lb salazar the author of the ghosts of brooklyn um who wrote a really good uh version of this and then also the website brownstoner.com i love that name brownstoner they have good um, kind of breakdowns of the story. So uh, to go into it, um, basically the story has it that Mrs. Margaret Cahill uh, was distraught over the death of her son during the Civil War. Civil War was still uh, raging on during this time. Um, And uh, she decided to hold a seance to communicate with her dead son. Um, who she believed she would never see again in life. This was pretty common um, at that time. The Civil War certainly let, was such a traumatic emotional time in our nation's history, and spiritualism was poised at this moment. Um, spiritualism, the philosophy that communicating with the dead is, is a good thing, is a healthy thing, uh, and you can hold seances to do so. And Mary Todd Lincoln... Um, Abraham Lincoln's wife and then widow, she organized seances to because she was grieving for her own son. Uh, and even Abe Lincoln attended one of these seances, uh, it was said. Interesting. So, Did he believe in it? Um, I, he Well, Abraham Lincoln, there's a lot of weird stories connected with Abraham Lincoln and his own premonitions of death and um, weird stuff. I don't know if he actually believed in it, but he had his own kind of stories. Hmm. Anyhow, um, Margaret Cahill held a seance. Um, apparently it was going well. 
she had done this a couple times. Um, she, uh, but once wasn't enough after. It never so is. Much. Just no. like a Pringle. Um, so you're right. This is like the paranormal Pringle. The one, <laughs> That's the episode name. Paranormal Pringle. that one. Um, We're changing the name of the podcast. Right. So uh, the, the seance was held there because Edwin Clark Litchfield let Mrs. Cahill hold the seances there in his home. Um, so it proved successful. It was entertaining. Uh, so she had, had more seances. Well, eventually something went wrong. As, as it is uh, likely to do, as it's prone to do. Now, some say that uh, her son was confined in hell and that by communicating with him, demons entered our world. I don't know where that information comes from, but some say, which means that there's no real good source on it. Um, others believe that the seance was conducted improperly and that a vortex was opened, allowing for the demonic possession of Villa Litchfield. Very hardcore. Sure. Uh, a few other people said that uh, one of the participants of the seances, of this seance, was already possessed or Whoa. or already dealing with some sort of demonic attachment, brought that to the seance, and in turn released a demonic presence within this house. Dude, leave your baggage at the door. Uh, it's true. Although that one actually, I, I, I like that theory. Um, but out of all these things, whatever, it was scandalous. It became a story in the area. Um, and, uh, shit got real, um, or unreal, paranormal, shit got <laughs> paranormal because apparently what happened is this seance went so bad, um, that the table vibrated, lights flickered. Okay. Not too shocking. Uh, first there was a rumbling in the air. Uh, the air itself seemed to whirl and twirl in an inexplicable manner the shaking intensified to the point that plates fell to the floor pictures crashed to the ground uh one of the participants uh supposed mrs margaret rossiter collapsed at the terror of the proceedings two two other people just fled the scene took off bye yes uh they were screaming in horror uh, and one was almost trampled by a horse-drawn carriage. So, um, they, uh, things were getting ugly. It is said that even the room went completely dark and they saw, they had visual, uh, 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 uh sights of demons. Demons that then vanished through the ceiling and into the upper floors. And then it stopped. Lights came back on, shaking stopped, <laughs> sent a sulfur, disappeared. Whoop. Like, nothing happened. Everything was back to normal. Mrs. Rossiter was like, oh, my, I just had a case of the vapors. Uh, <laughs> and it was all good. But then, uh, Mrs. Cahill noted, actually, she noted in her journal, quote, the grotesque coexists in disharmony with the divine. Um, so, you know, she still believes something had happened. So everything went back to normal until the next day. That's when the hauntings first were noted. Supposedly demons resembling gargoyles first appeared in the windows of the Litchfield Villa. Villa Witchfield? <laughs> Villa Litchfield. Villa, Villa Witchfield. Witchfield. Which would be an appropriate name. That would be great. Uh, of the five individuals present that night, one of them, Mr. William Woodruff, just up and vanished from historical record completely. Nuts. It is said 
I don't know who says it. That's the thing. Anytime you see it is said or some say, it's like, eh, I don't know. Did you just say it? Yeah. Is it you saying this? Anyhow, it is said he was seized by the fallen angel Lucifer and taken to hell, which is almost like an honor that Lucifer yeah, himself flattering. would put attention towards you. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Four other individuals present in the seance died within a year. Mr. William Brownell uh, would die from injury sustained from an accidental fall. Mr. George Vonderlyn would die of a nervous attack. Mrs. Cahill and Mrs. Rossiter died in 1865, and the cause of death for each woman is listed as consumption, a.k.a. tuberculosis. Um, and then Edwin Clark Litchfield, the owner of the house, said that he never sensed the presence of any demons, but uh, apparently a lot of people that were in the household said they did. They did see these gargoyles. Um, and uh, 1868... He got rid of the house, was happy to do so, sold it to the Brooklyn Parks Commission, and now it is part of the New York City Department of Parks and the offices of the Prospect Park Alliance. Uh, some say that the building remains possessed by demons and the guise of gargoyles. You can look for them in the top floors. People are still drawn to the area to hold seances uh, on the grounds. I'm guessing probably not in the house, uh, but supposedly... You know, the gargoyle forms are seen casting shadows from the windows. And um, so that that is that is the story. But let me let me ask you, Britt, do you believe that grotesque gargoyles possess, infest the Villa Litchfield and Prospect Park? I would like to go for myself and see it. Are we able to go and do a tour? Um, we could try to arrange one. I'd like to try to arrange one. I mean, pretty good digs if they are haunting the place like yeah, that's a totes. pretty uh tony place to be yeah. living like in a mansion in prospect park rent free yes. as a demon yeah like i would right. i would do that great like, you know um so. i am curious and i i'm not saying this didn't happen this way you told the story you can kind of picture it all so i'd like to imagine that it happened i don't know if it happened that dramatically i definitely believe there was the seance that night but I'm curious how old all of these participants were for there to be four deaths after. Like, how old were they? Because if they were older, which in that time, like, 30 was 100 years old, like... It wasn't quite the case in 1860. <laughs> but still, healthcare was not what it needed well, to be. that's true. Well, and also, with the cause of death, this is the thing, you know, there are... When, whenever I read about curses, there are maybe... A curse is typically kicked off by one seemingly strange death, but then there's a lot of coincidence that goes in after that, or things that are not really curse-like, you know? So when I read, uh, okay, tuberculosis, okay, that's not that shocking. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it could really take a person down. So, um... Being picked Sedine, up by Lucifer is pretty shocking. That, that is. I mean, that one would be notable. Um... You know, although I will say it was probably easier to vanish from historical records. Totally. In 1865, um, 1864. Uh, dying of a nervous attack. I don't know what that means. That could have also been dietary. That could have been a heart attack. Yeah. Who knows what, what, what caused that? Like, there's a lot of just, um, you know, things that are not necessarily curse-like. But I do like it that, you know, describing demons appearing... Uh, that peer out of windows, eyes glowing, glowing green, tongues luminescent red. That's uh, that's definitely evocative. 
I, my theory is that, look, I think something happened. I think there was a seance. I do think people got freaked out. Maybe they did believe that they were coming in contact with something. But there was enough mystery surrounding this that um, this many years later we are still talking about that story and it lives on in New York City a place that is very busy and populated by a lot of ghost stories yeah so did something happen or was it just um, a lot of terrified people who then told their friends a scary story one may never know but if you find yourself in Prospect Park one night and you look to the upper floors of Villa Litchfield, and you see some glowing green eyes, it might just be a gargoyle. And email us, because we'll want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, take a picture, too. <laughs> like, even if you think you're about to get possessed or eaten or dragged to hell by Lucifer, yeah, pop send, out that cell phone. We'd really like photos. an exclusive. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, please. If the last thing you do is taking a photo of Lucifer... It's worth it. Great. For so our worth entertainment it. Entertainment and yep. thriving podcast. Um, I realized did I list my sources and my story? Um, well just say where you I mean, you know, where I can did plop you this research in research some of the stuff. No, just say it now. Would you like you don't have to be formal about it, but we just want to throw some love to the people that uh Yes. I got most of my information for my story from Jeff Mesh, who is an uh, writer for Medium. There's a really fantastic article. It's probably the first thing that comes up when you Google the Los Feliz Murder Mansion. Um, and then I listened to two podcasts, Morbid Episode 31 and Hollywood Crime Scene Episode 20. Cool. Uh, well, I think that um, that pretty much uh, rounds us down to, uh, uh, rounds up, I guess you would say, yeah. this, this, this podcast. Um, thanks for joining us for our uh, our, our social distancing, self-quarantining <laughs> uh, podcast. And uh, meanwhile, it doesn't really sound like outside the windows. If you can hear anything going on out there, it sounds like just a normal rainy day in New yep. York City. Um, but if you want this to continue, you should let us know. Uh, Send us an email to nightmericashow at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at Nightmerica Podcast. We also have our Patreon set up, patreon.com slash Nightmerica. Um, and I think that's that's you, all of uh, our... Yeah. Oh, yeah, write, review, download, subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell um, you know all those people that are social distancing, this is a good way to spend their social... And even after the social distancing, it's a good way to spend their time. Yep. Uh, so... You know, thank you for listening. Um, wherever you are out there, we hope that you have a spooky good day. And wherever you found us, we hope we find you on another episode of Night America. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.